This session is brought to you with the help of Sundial Cannabis, the natural alternative for modern wellness. Hello and welcome to Sessions by the Herb Life. My name is Tiana, your friendly sessions facilitator, and thank you for joining us for Season 2, where we have managed to wrangle together a whole new lineup of women who have made cannabis their business. As you probably know, Sessions is a podcast by The Herb Life that aims to bring forth the conversations happening on the ground of this exciting industry. We want to generate new ideas and highlight some of the plant's greatest advocates. By bringing together a rotating roster of people with an emphasis on women and diversity, we hope to share with you the passions, the challenges, and the triumphs of those working in the cannabis space. Much like you, my job really is to sit back and enjoy the ride. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the e-newsletter at herblifestyle.com to stay up to date with all of our upcoming sessions episodes. You know, it's funny how varied and unique our experiences with cannabis can be. Certainly many of us share similar stories like that time we got super baked and hid under the covers because we were certain there was going to be an earthquake. No, just me? But in all seriousness, it remains that the level of stigma attached to cannabis varies from community to community, and that's likely to have a big impact on how you view the plant and how and when you first come into contact with it. This is particularly true for minority communities, and this session is a great reminder that not all cannabis experiences come equal. This session we welcome host Jessica Fung, creator of the popular cannabis blog Blunt Bay, alongside her guest Caitlin Ho, marketing associate at Canadian cannabis brand Alot. Jessica and Caitlin both share Asian heritage, and in this episode they talk about parents, friends, and the community they're part of, alongside, of course, their love for cannabis. Both women are relatively new to the industry, and it's really interesting to hear how they've had to navigate their private and professional lives even since legalization. It's a really great episode, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jessica and Caitlin. everyone. This is your girl Jess from Blunt Bay. I am sitting here today with my lovely guest, Caitlin. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. Yeah. You mentioned like I was making your podcast dreams come true. Oh, you are. I'm like (laughs) internally freaking out right now. Okay. Don't freak out. Party time. Okay. So I am so excited to have you on here because we've had great conversations about cannabis. Yes. And I am so excited to have you tell everyone your story about, like, your cannabis life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you just maybe, like, let everyone know, like, a little bit of an introduction about what you do, who you are, and... Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. So I'm Caitlin. Uh, I'm the marketing associate at A Lot. It stands for a higher level of thought. We're a cannabis scale up in the industry. Uh, we came out with the world's first compliant multi-pack. Uh, you might see it in stores in Ontario at the OCS. Um, I got into the cannabis industry right out of university. So that would be two years ago. Um, it's my first job out of school and it's really been an amazing journey. And I'm glad I got in kind of like right or right before it was legalized. So I kind of got to see the ramp up into legalization and now it's been a year into it. Wow. And I just like saw on Instagram stories that you like had your two year anniversary here. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, it's really funny because I'm definitely the youngest 
person with the longest time at a lot, you know? Yeah, because you're like the OG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like the OOG. Like, yeah. seriously. I remember you telling me about that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a ride with Greg and Martin, the founders, um, and then I joined on shortly after, and then I kind of got to see the team grow from the three of us to, what are we, eight full-time now? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then a bunch of uh, contractors and part-times as well, so I've really gotten to see the company grow from, you know, founders to where we are today today. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. It's a journey. Oh my gosh. So, okay, I'm going to dive right into it because yeah. I love your story. <laughs> so, everybody needs to know. Okay, just for clarification, what ethnicity do you identify yourself as? Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. So, were you born in Canada? So, I was born in Canada actually in North York. I lived here till I was 12. And then I moved to Hong Kong for starting eighth grade. And then I was in Hong Kong. That was like my home and my base till I graduated university. So I went to university in McGill, but every summer and Christmas I would head home. And then it wasn't until after I graduated that I moved permanently to Toronto. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you would say that you live most of your teen life yeah. in like Hong Kong. Yeah. And I still definitely consider it home because of that, because it shaped so much of who I am today. I spent like my core teen years there. So yeah, I would definitely consider Hong Kong home. Okay. Okay. So now that like you've, you're working in cannabis and obviously, you know, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about Hong Kong culture right now, but like... Obviously, everybody knows Hong Kong's, you know, not 420 friendly in any way, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, you have family. Like, your mother still lives there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now that you're in the workforce, Mm -hmm. in the cannabis workforce, have you had any kind of, like, backlash, adversity, judgments from friends, family, on both ends, like Canada, even Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong as well? Okay, I'll talk about my my family back in Hong Kong. So that's easy. Mm-hmm. The answer is no because they don't know what I do. Uh, no, really? <laughs> they know I'm okay. in marketing. Um, my dad told them that I'm in packaging marketing. <laughs> I think, um, and that's the extent to which they know. I think my like my cousin knows, but he like lives in Australia and like we're tight. But my core family members, at least on my dad's side, they don't know exactly what area of marketing I'm in. My mom's side, on the other hand, uh, they do, but um, not to the level that you would really fully understand what I do on a day-to-day basis. My mom's side of family was definitely more open to it, um, whereas I don't know how my dad's side of family would take it. And I even remember that when my aunt came to visit me and I kind of like showed her the office, I showed her my apartment. That's the, that's when she finally realized it was legit and that I wasn't just some junk dealer. (laughs) Um, But then, and when she went home and told my grandfather on my dad's side, he got so upset at the dinner table. Apparently this was, I got told this secondhand from my mom and like my grandfather was up in arms and he was like, this is, she's, she's smoking opium. She's selling it. Like, how could you let her do this? Like, this is what happens when you let your kid go to Canada alone. And like my aunt and my mom had to really like take the time to tell, like explain everything to my grandfather and how it's legal, how, you know, it's totally above board. Um, and I would assume that if my grandma on my dad's side found out, she would probably make the same connection between cannabis and opium. It's just for the older guard of Chinese. It's 
that's what they equate it to. And I don't blame them for that. It's just different generations, different understanding of what the plant is, you know? Um, and then in terms of friends and family, like I remember when cannabis was legalized, a bunch of my friends in Toronto, they got texts from their parents. You know, one of them was quite uh, strong in their opinion. They were like, oh, it's cool that Canada legalized this, this drug, but just so you know, like you can't do it. The Chinese, like Asians don't smoke cannabis. Like my friend got texted that by their family. So overall in general, like Chinese culture in Hong Kong, people and families, like they're definitely not on the same side or the same page as us when it comes to cannabis. Um, and then my friends in Toronto who they are, they're from um, Hong Kong too, but because they kind of grew up Westernized um, and they also went to university here and they've, you know, interacted with people who smoke and they've also interacted, like encountered it as well. They were a lot chiller. And now when I tell people that I'm in cannabis, a lot of people's first uh, responses being excited and just being like, oh my God, are you loving it? Like, give me deets on stocks, you know? Like, we need your financial advice. Yeah. Go. Yeah, Go. Exactly. How do I make money off of this right now? <laughs> exactly. Like, how is this possible? Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So quite a difference in uh, the reactions I get from the two sides of my life, I guess. Okay. Okay. So, so far, like, in on the Canadian side, it's been pretty positive. Yeah. And... You, did you say your father was... Oh, yeah, my dad. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> he's here, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's in Canada. Okay. So he's here. Um, I remember when I first... So I started out a lot through an internship, so a marketing internship. And I remember when I first told him about it, he he's, was definitely kind of felt that it was might have been shady, but... <laughs> Like, under-the-table work? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I had to, like, obviously explain to him that, no, the company... Because this was before weed was legalized, right? So then um, I had to explain to him, like, we're, we do everything above board. We aren't selling anything. We are within the legal space of cannabis. Um, and his only real... Um, demand of me was that okay you can work here but just don't start smoking because you work here and uh, I said sure yeah. <laughs> I won't start smoking here <laughs> smoking because I work here which isn't a lie I didn't start smoking because I worked out a lot I already started yeah. smoking in uni exactly exactly <laughs> oh my gosh I love how you found the loophole in that I know right so I technically didn't lie to my dad <laughs> yes so oh so clearly like your your father like dropped that whole double standard on you about how like you're allowed to work at it but Mm. you can't consume it yeah what's your opinion on that I feel like that just comes from kind of his own upbringing and what he thinks about not me personally but like females doing drugs like he doesn't think it's very ladylike like it's not what he would want for me and I understand like his thought process because honestly I grew up thinking that cannabis was bad like back in Hong Kong I had friends who were busted for having it and they almost got expelled so when I went off to uni I was totally against it and I thought it was terrible and all the the propaganda that you were fed when you were younger right so I totally understand it um but at the same time like it's funny because my stepmom she consumes cannabis (laughs) 
for for her anxiety. And so I it's, it's for, with my dad is just something about me being his daughter. Like that is the the thing he can't get over. And like that's just something he'll never be able to get over. And I, there it's just something we'll never be aligned on. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, to this day, I like smoke at home and he definitely walks into the bathroom after I do. <laughs> and it's like it's an unspoken thing now right like there is no problem until you talk about it yeah right exactly yeah. and just like don't do it super outrightly in front of him and you know at the end of the day I'm his little girl and he I think he always wants to keep that image of me in his head um so it, he might be in denial <laughs> he might just not want to talk to me about it <laughs> but that's kind of the situation between him and I when it comes to like smoking right yeah okay so good to know your father, <laughs> but he's like fully aware of like the company, right? Yeah, like, he is. Okay. He definitely okay. is. Um, he like honestly, compared to a lot of my friends whose parents are more traditional, my parents are super chill in comparison. Like my friends were shocked that my parents even let me take this internship and like didn't steer me another direction. So in terms of support from Asian parents, I, I already got more than what I would expect you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have other friends that are Asian ethnicity and want to get into the space, but either can't or don't want to because of family influences or certain setbacks that are like culturally influenced? I think out of my friend group, there's a lot of people who think my job is really cool and the industry is super amazing. A lot of people have taken to the investment side of the industry, but none of my friends, especially those from Hong Kong, have actually made the move or said they wanted to get into it. It was more so the friends I met at McGill who are trying to get in and who are more open to the industry. I think for my friends in Asia and a lot of their families, they wouldn't be okay with their children being in this type of industry. It's not something you would tell your friends about mm -hmm. or, you know, Asians, they love to brag about what their kid is doing. This that's is true. not something mm -hmm. that they would. Mm -hmm. Like, do you find that that's part of cultural shame? Is it shame, do you think? Or is it just embarrassment or... What do you think it is? It's just, it doesn't fit the the image they want. You know, Asians, they always want face, right? It's all about giving True. face and having face. And if your kid isn't a doctor, a lawyer, working at the big four or whatever, you don't talk about it. You don't really bring it up. And I see that even with my dad and his friends in Toronto. Like, they're all pretty westernized now and they don't live in that Asian bubble, but... I'm pretty sure even my dad, he doesn't tell people what I actually do now, even in Toronto. Does that bother you? It did at the beginning because I was like, why Why does it matter? They live here. Um, it's totally legal. And then I talked to my stepmom about it. And I think it was just the fact that he didn't even really know how to explain it himself. So it's best to just not talk about it. Oh, so it's like... Lack of education plus a little bit of fear. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so it did bother me in the beginning, but when I think about it from my dad's point of view, I get it. Um, 
And it's just kind of like, well, that's fine. At least I don't get grilled when I go to family dinners and like, <laughs> meet his friends, you know? So it makes it easier on everybody. <laughs> yeah, true, true. If anything, it would probably bother you, but like, when are you going to get married? <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God that line of questioning has not come up yet. Oh, not yet? <laughs> not yet. Give it time, girl. Give oh, it God. time. Give it like maybe five minutes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so I just want to switch gears a little bit on a lighter mm. note. Tell me about the first time you consumed cannabis. What was it? Was it a joint? What was edible? Okay, so the first time I consumed cannabis, it was in first year, first semester. I lasted, what, two months (laughs) alone in Montreal before I was like, yes, let me do drugs. (laughs) Um, So I I remember, so I went to uh, university with a bunch of my close friends from Hong Kong, and my boyfriend at the time, he lived on a floor where they befriended a girl who was like stoner you know uh Uh, and then she found out that i had never smoked before like i didn't even know what cannabis smelled like going into uni that's how like straight edged i was um so when she found that out she was like i gotta like do you want to try like i'll give you some so i ended up smoking a bowl um with the four of us outside it was like cold it was october in montreal and so i smoked a couple hits i didn't know how to inhale properly and i didn't know what to expect and all i remember was thinking to myself am i high like i have no clue and we went back to her dorm room and just watched a movie and i was just like cuddling a water bottle for two (laughs) hours while watching the movie that was your best friend yeah i was like my throat burns so much that's all i could think of and then i went to the bathroom and i looked in the mirror and i was like my eyes are red i must be high is this what being high feels like and then I went back to my room and I was like, oh, I just got high. I, I smoked weed for the first time. High school me said I I'm never high. Oh yeah, exactly. I love that. And I, I was like, so so that was being high. I don't I wasn't a hundred percent sure if that was what it was like. And so after that, I uh I started smoking with like my guy friends. We would what we would go in on like uh 3.5 gram bag between the four of us and it would last like a month wow i know we were such babies oh that is so cute i know it's <laughs> actually so cute yeah oh my gosh so okay i want to jump back into your like family dynamic mm. so you mentioned like your stepmom mm-hmm. smokes smokes right yeah okay and it's for it's medicinal yeah okay and you said that your your father is completely accepting of that yeah <laughs> Can you maybe, like, talk about that a little bit? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of confused about it because I'm just like, your stepmom consumes, but your your father is not okay with it, but some not, not okay with you working in the space and consuming it. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, so I, he's not against me working in this industry. Right. He has, like, no problem right. with that. It's more about me consuming the Yeah. Product. So where does... I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not getting it. Like, I get that you're saying that, you know, you're his one and only daughter. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're the little girl. Yeah. So, like... What what's what's the conversation like between your stepmom and your father? Do you know? I have no clue. No, okay. I know my dad has never asked my stepmom about me smoking, but that's where I think the denial thing is happening. Because uh, I'm like, okay. cause if he asks, then it's like he has to face the truth. Versus right now, he kind of kind of skirt around it and be like, oh, that's not weed I smell in her bathroom. You know, he he doesn't know a hundred percent, and like that's 
he can li- he likes living with that. Right. Versus my stepmom smoking, it's like he knows it's medicinal, he knows it helps her, it gets her off of like the actual medication that like doctors have given her that we've seen impact her life negatively. So mm-hmm. he's seeing kind of the difference between cannabis and her her meds. Got it. Okay. Versus with me, I think it's more like, oh, she uses it recreationally. It's a drug. Like You're smoking, going partying. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think there's the difference between that. Um, and so that's kind of how I interpret it in my head. I've never really talked to him about this. Right. Fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally understood. Yeah. So then... Uh, that's like for him he kind of feels the same way about cigarettes it's like I can never smoke them because I'm his little girl I don't smoke cigarettes by the way (laughs) on record it's just like the whole like I'm a girl I'm his little baby like I'm his firstborn everything it's 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 too much for him to yeah yeah for sure it's like (laughs) you're not my little girl anymore yeah exactly (laughs) got it yeah okay so I remember the story you told me that like made you fear like cannabis i i really want you to just like give me like maybe like a two second not two second but like maybe like a like a short version of it because it was like a really epic story that you told me that made me fear cannabis yeah like that made you realize like dude i'd never want to touch this drug ever again and it's a bad drug (laughs) or like it's terrible do you remember that story? You was told it me? when I was in high school? I think so. You were like on a school trip or something. Oh, okay, yeah, that was yeah. my ex. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, ex, I was like, yeah. I never touched. I don't even know what weed smelled like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so at the time, um, it was the same uh, guy that I went to uni with. So okay. we've been dating since high school, and I remember when we first started dating. Uh, so we had this school trip every year where you uh, pick a place and you go with the school. And so he was going to Korea with like that group. And he he and his friends smoked weed. And somehow his parents found out. And when he went on the trip to Korea, they were worried that he had weed on him. So they notified the teacher on on oh, duty yeah. on that trip, who just so happened to be the vice principal of the school as what? well. What? Oh yeah. my god. So he was royally like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. because uh, they had gotten to Korea when the principal got the email from um, his parents and so he got caught on the trip basically and they like searched him and everything and like when he came back they um, like reprimanded him they almost kicked him off of like the basketball team wow and yeah and like almost suspended him and all that and I remember his parents were so harsh on him they took away his phone for like three months I couldn't see him for like a while it was intense and I was just like I was so upset because of this whole ordeal that like after that I think it was 10th grade um, that I was like, oh, drugs are terrible. Look what they do to you. You're in so much shit because of this. I'm never touching it. Oh. How could you do this? <laughs> um, and then somewhere between like 10th and 12th grade, I came around to be like, yeah, I want to try it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's like a really scarring thing. Yeah. To, especially when you're that young. Yeah, exactly. Right? I just saw like his parents, all the school boards, the principals were all involved. Like all his friends knew, our grade knew. It was, it was intense. Oh. Oh my goodness yeah. wow that is a serious like walk of shame right there yeah exactly like they made him feel bad yeah yeah okay no. <laughs> i feel bad for sharing this yeah <laughs> no please share because like that like as a as a like as a teenager yeah. watching that go down like whoa you never want 
like your teachers and your friends to know about like your your shitty life at that moment you know it's like oh crap like you fucked up unfortunately exactly oh my gosh okay so I want to hear your opinion Mm. do you think women face harsher judgments or adversity in any way because of their cannabis consumption it's an open opinion what do you think I definitely think, at least in Asian culture, smoking anything, be it cigarettes, cannabis, it's deemed not ladylike. You're not proper. You're not someone you can take home to your parents. Um, it's just it's just not what the ideal Asian wife should be doing. I like how every time you say it, your, your eyebrows are going up. It's <laughs> like that thing, you know? Because... You know? <laughs> I just know I just I don't fit into that mold like whatsoever. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Like Greg was telling me about this like we're anti-Asian. Oh my god, I was just like, we're like we're probably the ultimate anti-Asians, yeah. right? You have, like my, white my braids, braids right now, okay? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. I don't even think my mom knows that I got this done. Oh my god. Yeah. So anyway, tangent. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's 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 part of the whole mold and like the idealized version of what an Asian woman should look like. They should be prim, proper, quiet, and feminine. And smoking cannabis, it doesn't fit within that picture. And I feel like it definitely it definitely influences how someone thinks about you as a female Asian woman. Um, I mean, I haven't experienced anything outright personally, but it's just, I don't know. It's just the vibe I get. The energy. Yeah. The energy. And maybe it's cause of the way that I understand my family to understand my, uh, employment position right now and how, not how they've treated me, but basically like the vibe I've gotten from that is kind of how I would see most traditional Asian people to think about a girl who smokes cannabis. Um, and so I'm, I, I am making a generalization. There are mm-hmm. Asians out there who are chill. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. exactly. Totally. totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely think it impacts how uh, you're thought of as a Asian female. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you know if you have any friends that are recreational or medicinal cannabis consumers that are still in the closet about their consumption? Closet to their friends or to their families? Both. Either one. Okay, then all my Asian friends. Really? Yeah, none of their parents know that they really? smoke Really? All of that? Yeah, my like my roommate and I smoke together like every night. Her parents don't know. Oh my goodness, interesting. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> like... Okay. And then the girls I smoke with back in uni, their their parents don't know. Like no one's parents know. They they all think it's shocking that my stepmom and my mom knows. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like for them, I am the outlier because they would never tell their parents that they smoke. They might tell them like after it got legalized. I know a lot of them told them that. Oh, I, I tried it once. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, a couple times. You know, mm. um, just to just to be like, yeah, I'm not to- totally straight edge, but. They would never come out to the parents and be like, yeah, I smoke weed every day. Ever. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Because yeah. it's so funny because, like, I find that in my, like, circle of friends, like, especially, like, on the Asian circle side, mm. a lot of them actually don't consume. Mm. But they are 
like open to it as a drug recreationally and medicinally. So they see the, the benefits of it okay. and legalization. So they do support it essentially, mm. but they're all like, I always have the friends that are like, I don't like the way it smells. I don't want it. I don't get it. I don't see what the mm, point, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of person. Yeah. So that's the person that I have come across a lot. Okay. So it's kind of interesting to see that like you have all the friends in the world that like consume it on the regular, but would never tell their family about it. Would never talk to their, like, yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I own the, the friends that I do know who smoke like habitually and their parents know are, are Caucasian. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, my best friend when we both lived in Hong Kong, like uh, when we went back for uni and stuff, like we would smoke at her house on her balcony, and her parents would come out with snacks and munchies. What? Yeah. The the the, the difference between yeah. our households were in, was insane. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I literally had to like hide stuff. And, oh my god. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. Her parents are dope. Wow. Wow. That's the best. Yeah. 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 Dope. Wait, wait. Is she also the friend whose grandma smokes weed too? Oh like, yes. Oh my god. Visit me next week. Ah, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. that is so awesome. Yeah, so like her family totally is into it. Her aunts and uncles, she'll smoke with them too. I've smoked with her family. Like, <laughs> I, I remember the best family ever. I remember she came like a couple years ago for Thanksgiving. She came on my family vacation trip to like Great Wolf Lodge, oh, which is like cute. a kids indoor water yeah, park. But really fun though. Yeah, yeah. and then we hotboxed the. <laughs> The, uh, the hotel bathroom with my stuff. <laughs> that is a memory I will never forget. Oh my god! I wish I was there. Yeah. I have like major FOMO now. It was great. That is so hilarious. Yeah, but like her family, we don't even have to hide. It's just like I rock up and then we spark up. It's part of our family. Life. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I do have friends who are out technically to yeah. their parents, but it's. Yeah, the only ones I can think of are Caucasian. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want to close. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to see change in the cannabis space right now? Culturally, in the industry, anything? Hmm. Culturally, I feel like culturally in terms of the people I'm seeing in leadership positions I would definitely love to see more ethnic minorities take on those Uh, roles it's just uh, selfishly I'm like oh I want to see people who inspire me that look like me you know mm -hmm. and I want to see them make it so that I know that I can walk in the same footsteps as them. I mean, hopefully one day I'm one of those people. Oh, girl, you know you would be. You know you will be. (laughs) Um, But definitely seeing more familiar faces in the leadership positions, but also just seeing branding that speaks to ethnic minorities who smoke cannabis because the, the, I, I would say like the underground cannabis smokers are a lot of those who are ethnic minorities because they aren't out yet but there's so many of us like the more people I meet who are Asian I, I don't expect them to smoke and they always end up do it, doing it and I'm like oh okay either like growing up one of the things I've learned is like oh, wow a lot more people smoke weed than I like totally thought growing up yeah but that's so interesting though that you when you meet a new person who is of Asian ethnicity yeah. you, your first assumption is they don't smoke yeah is that they don't consume it yeah. That is so interesting. I'm perpetuating the stereotype. Yeah. Dear Lord. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like for me, like whenever I'm in a social circle and there are 
you know, it's usually a diverse group of people, mm. but I find that like a, a lot of my circles are, there's predominantly Asian people mm-hmm. in it. I would have to be very careful about asking them if they want to, you know, have a toke. Yeah. It's like, are you down with us? Like, I would point <laughs> out a joint and be like, are you, you, you good with us or no? Or no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can choose. You can say no. It's yeah. fine. Like, I'm not going to be like a bitch about it or whatever. Yeah. But that's so interesting that you jump to that immediate, like, assumption. You don't smoke it. You don't consume it. Yeah, that's right? like my baseline assumption. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because that's what people's baseline assumption of me is. Because oh. people are usually really shocked to find out that I'm I really I mean it was really funny because I'm in a sorority in back at McGill and when I graduated my little told me that someone from like a couple grades below me in my high school joined our sorority and when they found out that like oh Caitlin works in weed there they thought it was like a different Caitlin in our sorority and when my little was like no Caitlin Ho she like it blew her mind she was like wait what she was like such a like straight edge kid (laughs) back in high school like shook 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 yeah exactly and like when I tell people to this day that oh yeah like I smoke and yeah I smoke every day and I could probably smoke you under the table if I wanted to Mm -hmm. like they're like what no way you can roll a joint what yeah Yeah. girl represent (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I guess because people take that stance with me then I also go into meeting new people that are like oh they probably don't smoke yeah so I guess like even for us like in the industry we have to like practice like maybe not assume that everyone consumes but we shouldn't just jump to the conclusion that like they don't that they don't because of their Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, because I feel like a part of it is also because of our own influence of what we dealt with in terms of like, you know, family influence. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think I think that's that's a great thing to change for us. Like we gonna take the first steps. Yeah. Lead the way for the others. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and if more cannabis companies and brands kind of geared their marketing and their product line towards ethnic minorities and Asians. I think that it would benefit us in that, you know, you don't feel like you're alone. You don't feel like, oh, I'm the only outlying Asian who smokes weed and and quote unquote bad because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just feel like, you know, there's that bond. I don't know if you feel this, but every time I meet another Asian who smokes weed, I'm like, immediate bond. It lets me friends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like a sisterhood. Yeah, exactly. It's a girl. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Where have you been? It's gone so bad to the point that when people introduce me to new people, they're like, oh, yeah, she smokes weed. You'll be friends with her. (laughs) I'm like, dope. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. It was so, like, I think, like, when I first met you, Mm -hmm. I I did notice that you were the only other Asian girl in the the room. Yeah. I was like. Greg and I spotted you in the car. Like, ooh, who this? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Hey. And then, like, and then you were on the panel. I'm like, okay, I know who this girl is. I was like, yeah, I get your newsletters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." Amazing. Yeah, I love it. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a great way to like close off this conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This was super fun. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like it's just such great conversation. Literally. Yes. Podcast dreams come true. Yeah. Hashtag. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Thank you for spending time with me and like telling me your stories. Again. Yeah, again, again. But honestly, like I have to meet your family too. Like I feel like I feel like I'd be I don't know. I feel like I need to feel them out. I don't, I'm so curious. I don't know if they should ever know that I did this podcast. <laughs> they don't even 
to know about the podcast, but they, I feel like they need to know about me. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay, well, let me know what your plans are for Chinese New Year. <laughs> uh, getting lots of red pockets. Obviously. And spending it all on weed. I'm with you. Exactly. I'm with you. We'll go to the with you. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, anyway, thank you.